Hey guys, and welcome to another Geek. episode of Geeks of the Machine. I am your host, Jasmine, and I am hearing an echo. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, and we have three other people with me today. We have Darnell. What up? We have Adelaide. Hello. And we have Michelle. What up, though? Oh, Jesus. Um, and we're gonna be talking. We're gonna be going over Sabrina really quickly. The goal is to be better than our two-hour episode, yeah. which is a very low bar. Like yeah. that's the lowest bar that I could possibly think of. So let's try to hop it, guys. Well, the main reason why we're doing it well, is because Sabrina returns on the fifth, right? And also, Darnell will be on that podcast, and we don't really have his opinion on it. And we could talk about it some more. Not that we actually and- cared or anything. Hater. <laughs> As well as what we want to see in the upcoming season. Since we, I believe we all have seen the trailers. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Jasmine. <sighs> so first we're going to go over the interpersonal relationships of Sabrina. Um, her family dynamic, her friends, her relationship with her friends, her love interests, and her enemies. <gasps> So, first of all, I want to talk about her parents. Her father was this magical man who was basically the best ever. Like, the ground he walked on was just glistening with Wait, gold. Wait, was he a high priest? Yeah, he was a high priest. Okay. And her mother was a mortal. And because of that, Sabrina's half mortal. And everyone hates her. Thoughts? Um, Michelle, go. Oh. Um... We don't really know that much about her father besides that he wanted her to be a part of the church of, the church of darkness or the devil or evil. I don't know. The church, church of night. Yeah, there you go. I knew it had something to do with darkness. So, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. A bad joke came into my mind. Um, so, yeah. Uh, besides that, I don't really know that much about him. And as far as his mother go, her mother goes... She's just immortal, and she's, I guess, you know, the best thing of sunshines and rainbows, according to Sabrina, and that's about it. Ellie, go. Um, I don't particularly care for the half-mortal story. I know that that's the, the main bulk of this. Oh, she's torn between two worlds. She has to decide where she which one she wants to be a part of, but she has to be part of both, and that's that, that, that conflict gets annoying after a while. So, I mean, I understand to an extent that we're supposed, that we're trying to decide with her, but at the same time, like, I don't care that much. I don't like, I guess I get annoyed with her more than anything else and her decision making and her, but I want to be both. Like, no, just pick one already. I mean, do we, are we supposed to care? Yes. It's a a major plot point. Oh, we are? Yes. That, yeah, that's I the mean, problem. I thought that they were writing it knowing that we wouldn't. No. Darnell, go. Mm. Well, first of all, about her father. I always considered him like a, a magical genius. That's all, all they ever talked about was how smart he was, how amazing he was. He made this thing to trap this demon. He made this. He did that. And as far as Sabrina goes, I mean, you got to think of it from her point of view. She was literally raised in this life where all this seems relatively normal to her. But again, she wants to keep her boyfriend and keep her human friends too. I mean, who wants to really give up superpowers? Of course, they do come from the devil, 
but in her religion, he's basically the good guy. So it's kind of, you know, was it nature versus nurture? She's trying to follow her better nature, but she was raised to be a certain way. So I think that's where the difficulty lies. When did you see her? Hold on, hold on. When did you see her following her better nature? When she was committing murder? When she was like she, demeaning the church? When she was disrespecting her family? Like what point was was she trying to follow she her was better? Always nature? trying to do the right thing, but again, she's going through traditionally evil means. But again, she's in her mind, it's not that way. That's why it always turns out wrong. Mm. Like when she tried to bring back um, Harvey's brother, or um, when she tried to. Um, when she tried to um, help her friend, by you know, committing murder, who dresses up um, kind of boyish. And try to the help intersect- her. Wait, that's a whole thing. Um, Susie is non-binary, by the way, guys. Okay, we were trying to figure well, out what she was last episode. Okay, last non-binary. Movie. Well, the one who was getting picked on by those stupid jocks. And you remember what she did? Her and uh, I wanted to say the weird sisters. Yes, yeah, that was one. That was one way. And I don't think nobody I made really the died in that situation. Easy. I legitimately so made I think the that outline pretty well. this time, and you guys still just over. What do you mean, you guys? Like, I respected the outline. Don't you dare take that away from me. Didn't you? Okay, no, no, no. Didn't you just say you wanted it more freeform? Exactly, I did. But I definitely it is. said that's what it's, I wanted. It's more freeform. It's just a structured version of freeform. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, so Jasmine just doesn't have the capability of doing that. Um, I'm just going to say, I just want to comment on what Darnell said. He's a liar. Amen. Um, and what? Say, what what you're a liar first of all how she sabrina herself did not respect her father period amen oh, all yeah. right so she kept undermining what it means to be a witch which comes from her father all the time um when she found out things about what her dad did it's like you know she had a feeling of disgust in reference to her witchery and where that came from, that includes her father too. The only time she ever talked good about her father is that she was trying to use his name to one-up somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I am the daughter of so-and-so, so okay, you need on. to respect me. No, no. I say I never said she respected her father. I was just going to piggyback off what I know about her father. He just seemed like a magical genius to me, and everybody around him, everybody in the whole magical society always had high praises for him. I never said anything okay. specifically about her. All right, and what you said about her being a decent human being who was always trying to do good is yeah, also she's, a lot. Yeah, okay. She, um, oh, hold on, let me finish, because, I mean, I was quiet that whole time, you know. And she definitely was doing a lot of stuff for selfish reasons, not for the good of anything. Now, what she would do is hide behind. A teenager. Doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. So, like, I I can't agree with you there. Like, just because you're a teenager, you don't get the excuse to try to murder somebody. You don't get the excuse to try to bring back somebody from the dead knowing that they were going to come back just messed up. You don't get any of those Well, excuses. she didn't know to play Sabrina Advocate. She didn't know he was going to be messed okay, up. Okay, what she did know was that it Thank was you. forbidden to do. Yeah. And she decided to do it anyway. And, and for someone who doesn't like, like magic, why would you too. do that? I'm sorry, Adelaide. Hold on, like Adelaide. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Adelaide. She tried to take a shortcut in that too when she was bringing him back. Like she didn't. She tried to, in a sense, cheat the devil. She. It, that's basically. What I was. I was just piggybacking off of that. But I have other thoughts I can continue with. But do we want to stay on this tangent? I mean, we can. We got an hour. Oh, I was just gonna say that. Like <laughs> she didn't. Um, 
I don't feel like she ever thought that religion, the household that she was in, was normal. I understand that she grew up with it, but she never respected it, and she never considered aspects of it normal. She was, she was, at the very least, very. I don't. I don't want to use disrespectful, but to her par- to her family, she was. But she definitely looked down upon it the entire first season. Up until I agree. The okay. End. So now that we're talking about religion, we're gonna move away from this on to Hilda and Zelda. Um, because we actually have real quotes from the characters, I mean, from the actors who portrayed them. Um, Lucy Davis, who plays Hilda, she said that Hilda reminds me of someone who's been brought up in a religious family, and the family is very devout. So you go along with it because that's what you did, and that's what you know. But maybe later in life, you don't go to church every Sunday, and you don't read your Bible. Whereas, uh, the actress who plays Zelda, she says, that Zelda wants to secure the family's position of power in the church to ensure that Sabrina goes through with her baptism. She is a true believer, whereas Hilda is not so much. Did you guys pick up on that um, element of it? Uh, okay, you go right now. All right, for sure. So yeah, um, Zelda was always the kind of the, I don't want to say money-grabbing, power-hungry one, but she was always more in it for the... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? She was a true um, believer. Huh? She was a true believer. Not just yeah, true believer. She also wanted that clout. She wanted the recognition, and everything. We are the Spellmans. This is what's expected of the Spellmans. This is what we should do. We are. We used to be a high standing family. She kept going on and on about that, and so that was the main reason she wanted it. But she also proved that she did love Sabrina. I mean, she loved her sister too, but in a really effed up type of way. So um, that's also in the outline. It just kind of seemed like she was just being pushed around all the time to me. Never really felt bad for her. Well, we're not talking about their dynamics. We're just talking about their view on the church right this second. I can go into that dynamics because I have notes on that as well. Okay, well, I feel like Hilda Hilda also believed in it too. But again, um, from her past, like it seemed like she didn't really want to do it at first, even when she was young. But again, because it was expected of her, she had to do it. So I guess she just made the best of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle, your thoughts? Do you agree with the um, the the actors' portrayal and conversations, or do you think it's something different? <laughs> okay, so I totally wasn't paying attention. Um, if we're talking about Hilda and Zelda, yes. All right, I and their uh, views of the church specifically. Their views of the church. Yes. Why would I have a problem with what they think about the church? Because I, that's the reason why I read it and I put it in the outline. Zelda is more devout and she's more like she's no, coming. No, but you're saying, do I have a problem with the way they view the church? I don't. That's just how they are. It's like some people are more who are who are Christian who follow it to a T versus some people <clears throat> who are very loose in their following the Bible. So yeah, Michelle, you should be a little bit better. Adelaide, your thoughts? Um, I agree with the way the actors. Uh, with their sa- with their statements on their characters. In fact, that's what I was thinking the entire time while watching it is that Zelda portrays the person that is very deeply ingrained in their religion and whether or not that's a bad thing in the writer's perspective or not remains to be seen and then Hilda whether f- because she has to endure abuse from Zelda frequently or if she has or for some whatever reason she's less devout and sort of seems to want to pull away but at the same time 
she's afraid to because she, she doesn't want to lose her sister. So, uh, And that gets a little into the dynamics as well. And I feel like for Hilda, the dynamics are tied to the religion. Alright, so let's talk about their dynamics specifically. I think this is a very codependent relationship that includes domestic violence. And if this was um, intergender, I think we would have noticed it sooner. But because it's two siblings and it's two females, I don't because we noticed that they constantly kill each other, but it was just a norm of that. No, they don't no, kill no, each other. No, it's not each well, other. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. They don't kill each other. Every time Zelda gets annoyed about something, she kills Hilda. And we also noticed that Hilda is very much oh bowing God. down to Zelda's wants and needs in general across the season. Whereas Zelda is constantly pushing in pushing down on her sister one of them is a giver and one is a taker and that was established when they were children and it was fostered in the school and by their parents obviously because otherwise how could it grow into that she killed her during the um the first time i think the first time was when they were at school right I don't know if that was the first time, but she did kill her at school. Yes. Was that howling or hazing? The hauling, something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, but I just want to bring up something. I know um, this is a little further back, but it is about Sabrina. Uh, do you guys think that the reason why Sabrina was so disgusted with the religion or um, against the rules of the religion be is that because Hilda and Zelda didn't explain to her the guidelines for using magic, but only the positives in it? Like what you can get from it versus what you have to do in order to maintain it. I don't know, because I feel like because Zelda was so devout, she would have told her, like, this comes with a negative. Because she's a true believer. Just like, like you can't talk about heaven without talking about hell. I feel like you can because there are religions that don't even have a hell. Wasn't it explained to Sabrina like as long as she did her service, she wouldn't like she would go to hell, but she wouldn't like really get put in a lake of fire. She wouldn't get tortured or anything like that, right? I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Remember? Okay, remember when the um was it the high priest guy with the the long nails and stuff, and she was like, I don't want to go to hell, and he was like, Look, it's already explained to you that as long as you give service to, you know, the Dark Lord or whatever you want to call him, you won't have to worry about getting tortured or anything like that. We're um, excused from that. Remember? No, he never said that. Like, I don't know. Adelaide, did you hear that? I, I, I mean, can you really that say that he never said that? Just because you can't. I mean, I don't remember it. So I'm not going to say that it didn't happen. Like, he could have had this conversation with her. No, I remember that conversation. I, I don't remember him ever saying that in that conversation. I remember a conversation. I remember him lying, but I don't remember him saying that. Yeah, because she said, you "Yeah, he lied. This wouldn't happen." So, like that, she wouldn't have to give up everything. That's mm-hmm. what he said. He didn't say you aren't getting tortured in hell. And even I'm then, telling you, he said he that. Anyway, I, I, so... I want to pull up a clip and send it to you. Okay. okay. But I still feel like even if he made that statement, it's undermined because the whole point was that he lied in that conversation to get her to sign the book. Mm. I just, I don't know. I feel like. I definitely feel like they told her about a lot of the aspects of the religion. Um, I feel like she, because even leading up to it, now that I'm thinking about it, she was very apprehensive um, when it came to her birthday and how she foregoed her, you know, the, what's it, the 16th birthday party that was 
happening only one time in a millennium. And her dark baptism. Yeah, her dark baptism, how everything was lining up for her and how mm-hmm. she just was ready to blow it off to go and hang out with mortals. She did blow it off to hang out with mortals. Oh, uh, yeah. What I'm saying is I feel like she just didn't care. And I think that because I, I honestly don't think that it was a matter of them not teaching her. I think it's a matter of them spoiling her. Like, I don't, I feel like because they really loved their brother and she was their only connection to him, that they probably gave her everything that she wanted without asking too much of her. Well, Zelda did say that. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Don't you think she would have had an easier time accepting her dark baptism if she'd have been um, raised around more witches, like more children her age, like been sent to that school from the beginning? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I think part of the reason she's so against it is that they also not caved to her mother's wishes, but they sent her to a mortal school and she lived Mm -hmm. among mortals for a long time. So she saw the other side of it, which is admittedly softer and less bloody in many cases. Is it really softer? No, but the side that she's experiencing on a daily basis compared to like the two sides on a daily basis, one is is significantly less intense. I'll say less gruesome. I definitely agree because her family do eat people. Remember, she's like, it's been such a long time since we had long pig, which is like okay. people. So obviously they were eating people. So she was like snacking on some folks for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she, like, she had it at some point. Mm-hmm. Whether she knew what it was or was too young to know, then you know, remains to be seen. But she still had it. Okay. So, Adel, uh, Michelle, did you already give your thoughts on the um, relationship and the domestic violence element, or do you... No, I didn't give my thoughts on it. Um, so, basically, as far as the relationship between Hilda and Zelda, um, I think, like like I said, I, I think that this is something that's been going on for a very long time, um, since, you know, they were little kids. I also feel like Hilda... Is it Hilda? No, which one is the oldest? Zelda is. Zelda. I think Zelda is kind of like Sabrina in the sense that I feel like she feels like she's owed everything. You know, I just feel like she's Sabrina from the opposite side. What would Sabrina be like if she was um, a devout member of the Church of Night instead of being somebody who wants her cake and eat it too as a mortal? You know what I mean? I feel like that would have been, she would have been closer to how Zelda behaves um, because she also throws tantrums like Zelda does. She does a lot of stuff that's like Zelda. So I don't know. I think Hilda is the one who would be a better role model, except for she doesn't have a backbone. And she allows both of them to, you know, overtake her in various conversations and decision making. I'm done. Um, Okay. My bad, go ahead. I was asking Adelaide what was her thoughts. Oh, um, on the dynamic between them? Yep. The abusive dynamic, yay, lovely. Um, yeah, I, that was pretty blatant pretty early on, and, and it's established at some point, I think it was, oh, it had to be one of the early episodes, where Zelda says, it's my, it's my given right as the older sibling to murder you whenever I feel like it or something akin to that. That's the, that's the gist of it. And so she has to, poor Hilda has to put up with this and it's part of her religion, which I think this is why it's entangled for me. Her, her belief and her attachment to her sister 
are they're very deeply deeply connected because she probably wants to love her sister and she's been abused massively by her and then this religion teaches her that it's okay because she's the younger sister and it doesn't matter she comes back anyway doesn't she and in addition to that on that note uh zelda says something about it her coming back slower and slower and one day she's just not going to which if that's a taunt or if that's true we also haven't seen yet so we'll see how that plays out in season two cool question what was um hilda's nightmare was it being attached to zelda forever uh yes yes that was her nightmare okay well that's telling oh yeah well yeah i was about to do with it yeah i was about to actually say that um, towards the end of the series, after everything that happened, you can see the season. You can see that Zelda is like, yeah, we can be together. Everything is fine. And Hilda's like, no, I'm going to go live my life. We need separate rooms. Which was the fact that they were sleeping in the same room was showing that power dynamic. I oh, think. yeah. I was actually just about to say they slept in the same room. but <laughs> I don't know if it shows the power dynamic, but the codependency. I think is what it showed. Well, more and I than think that. I think it's both because Zelda, for me, Zelda's more codependent on Hilda being there because she wants mm-hmm. to abuse that power and she it's a security blanket in a weird, weird way. At the same yeah, time, Hilda. Yeah, it, but at the same time, like Hilda's too. I don't know. Passive. What, I don't want to say passive because she's a victim here, so she's been too um, she's been too abused and beaten down to outright leave immediately. And I guess immediately is a terrible context for this because they're how old, but they sleep in the same room and it's implied that they've been doing it their entire lives. And how old are they? Right. I mean, hundreds, I know they over a century, um, multiple centuries old, but even with that, even if you are a victim, you still need to take it. How do I explain this? Cause I'm not trying to come off as offensive, but even if you are being abused, abused you still there are you play a role in what happens like stuff doesn't just happen to people on a continuous basis over and over again you know what i mean it's a pattern you recognize the pattern and you try to break the pattern if you don't do that then you know what i mean that's you just being complacent in the situation not saying that the reason why you're complacent couldn't be because you were um, used to it from it happening at an early st- um, point. It's just that it's a matter of two people have to play a part in the abuse. You know what I mean? So from that, like, even with Hilda, make sure I'm saying it, Hilda had the dream about being attached to her sister forever. When she woke up, she made the choice to say, hey, this is not going to happen anymore. The very least that we can do is have our separate rooms so we can have our separate lives. I'm hope I'm being fair. I'm hope I'm not trying. I mean, being well, offensive she didn't, to anyone. She didn't say that until after she got a boyfriend. Like cool. She, Hilda didn't say she wanted her own space until after she got a boyfriend. That's true. That's true. But it takes so. a while for people to change. You know, sometimes it takes centuries. But it was like that part was the beginning of her going didn't into that amount boy- of thought. Did she get a boyfriend after that? No. No, because no, the dream was in relation to that. Okay. Well. Her reason for doing is her reason for doing. The point is she did it. So she had to make a conscious decision to stand up for herself. That's the only thing I'm saying. Darnell, your thoughts? 
Um, like you said, it takes two to tango. So I definitely agree that, you know, in the abuser and the abusive relationship, you know, both parties have to be somewhat willing. My whole thing is, again, it's really hard to get out of a certain mindset when you've been raised in it all your life. And again, people can change and it takes a really long time for certain people to change. Like you said, they've been alive for centuries and Hilda was finally able to come out of this type of, or at least start to come out of this abusive relationship when she had that dream and when she finally started getting, you know, some a boyfriend or some cheeks as I like to call it. So my whole thing is I'm really excited to see where that dynamic goes in the future for uh, season two. Um, I want to be very clear. We are not saying if you are being abused that your abuser will likely make changes like this. Okay. I don't want that to be the takeaway from this conversation. That may said it again. I don't want the takeaway from this conversation to say if you're being abused, your abuser may change. And you could just wait around for that. No, 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 no. I meant mm -hmm. Hilda changed, not Zelda. I'm talking about Hilda was the one like she had you know, her dream of being stuck with Zelda forever, that be that became, began the mark of her change. And then after she uh, met a guy that she was interested in, she was finally able to take that step and start to move away from Zelda. See, I'm not talking about the abuse. I'm talking about the abusee. See, yeah, I just wanted to be very clear. Okay. This is the problem that I have with that. Um, now that you guys mentioned that it was after she had a boyfriend, I don't like that her finding the strength to stand up for herself came out, came from an external force. Because that's her being dependent on someone else for. But it happens for a reason. lot of people that way. It does. I mean, sure, but I don't want that for her because what happens, what can happen, is that she can find herself in a similar situation with someone else. If you don't find that strength from within, like I'm glad she's out of like it to a certain extent, but I really would appreciate it if she had done that homework on her own without needing the backup of someone else and I get it sometimes you just need that but that's what I was hoping for that's why I was like a little bit um you know shocked when you guys said it was after I couldn't recall whether it's you know she got the boyfriend before or after I thought it was after but the fact that she um got the boyfriend before that's a uh, that's a little too I don't know for a show that's supposed to be pro woman. I'm like, really? That's I don't I don't like that choice. That's all. Uh, Adelaide, any final thoughts? Um, no, I think we've covered it. So, go ahead. Okay, so let's move on to the best character of the series. Like, arguably for some, but everyone truly knows that Ambrose is the best character. Um, my favorite is Salem. Ambrose is the best character. Ambrose basically is Salem. He so, really is. I don't know. Like, I don't understand why you don't consider Ambrose the magical Negro of the show. Jasmine. I never said that. He's definitely no, the magical Jasmine. Negro. I'm not no. sure how he's related to him, but, you know, whatever. Oh, don't get me started. I need, I just need. That's in the two-hour podcast, guys. If you want to go shuffle through that, where we tried to figure out how he was related to anyone. <laughs> Pretty sure that's Magical DNA. I think he's. I think he was stolen as a baby. You think he's Zelda's? Oh well, someone has a theory that it's Zelda's kid. I don't no, know. he called both of them auntie. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they didn't have one secretly and just decided to lie and say that I'm not your mom. I'm your aunt. It Maybe they had a the third time. sister or extra brother. That nobody. Okay, talks we're about. not doing this again. Um. So chance, chance, Perdomo. 
who who's the actor who plays that i might be butchering his name but he came out with a statement and he said i don't take lightly that there's a responsibility that comes with this role we've seen the heroic white male story perpetrated since time immoral so to have a pansexual person of color played with such depth is gratifying to be able to showcase that i hope he's a human being that is more representative of the world that we live in so this is something that we didn't talk about previously the fact that this is a different view we, we definitely talked about him being pansexual right i didn't talk about it. i thought he was just bisexual no he's pan but <laughs> we talked about it but we didn't talk about the um, monumentous role this actor take on undertook to try to portray this character in this way mm-hmm. And yes, it should be normalized, and we shouldn't be have to make a big deal about it. But it's low key a big deal. So, um, mm, I want to start with Ellie, but I feel like that would be betrayal. <laughs> Ellie, go. Why? Why do you do this? Um, I mean, I like him. I love him as a character. He's my favorite character. I was very excited when he has relationships with different genders but he's pansexual so that's fantastic we get to see somebody who is beyond the boring heterosexual norm that we always see in relationships <coughs> sabrina and um just like moving on from there we get he is i almost said he's human which would be a terrible slip of the tongue for the show but he's a he's a realistic character but yeah he is kind of uh, never mind. I don't want to get into the race stuff because we've done this before in the two-hour thing. So I'm gonna stop there. Um, done uh, uh, You, yes, go. Yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Um, he's the coolest guy under house arrest I've ever seen. Uh, he's constantly there for Sabrina. He also tells her when she's wrong. Um, as far as sexuality, again, that never really mattered to me. Whether he's hetero, bi, or pansexual. Honestly, I guess pansexual is a little interesting because to me, even um, just regular homosexual relationships are down to me born in TV because you see him all the time. But right now, I've seen him in a relationship. I think he had that one big orgy thing, which, again, coolest guy. I don't know how you make that happen in the house of rest, but, you know, that's my man. I want to see, I, I mean, his backstory is very interesting from how, you know, he was, a, I guess they called him a terrorist or a magical terrorist and how he ended up in this situation, which is very sad to be trapped in that one place for so long. I can imagine it. You know what? I'm not. I'm gonna go against you guys because I feel like it. I don't think that we should be giving them kudos for making a pansexual character. What oh, about asexual? What about asexual characters? How come he has to be sexualized at all? Why can't he just be a person? Well, you don't like, know if Susie's asexual. Who's Susie? The that's one the nobody one, cares about. No, asexual people deserve a better representation wow. of the community than Susie. So now you're the judge, jury, and executioner of who should be who. Yes. All right. Let's... Ambrose deserves. Shake my head. To I, look, he can do whatever he wants to do. I don't honestly, I don't care. Um, but that is interesting, based off of you guys saying like being heterosexual is. The norm, because we see it a lot, being homosexual now is being more normalized. And now the next thing is pansexual to be normalized too. I personally is like, whatever you want to do what is what you want to do. But now that I think about it, I've never really seen an asexual character. It's like, we must see someone be sexually interested in somebody else. Why can't we just have a story without all the extra? Yeah, Jack. Hopefully Jack. <laughs> That's, what robots are. That's what robots are for. No. 
Let's no. have a, let's have an actual asexual person. Like I'm all on board for this. That'd be fantastic. I'm frankly I'm sick of romance plots and we don't need them all the time. Thank but you. Romance romance plots make for good TV. No, they don't. They're get predictable and romance. tiresome. But they get views. What? Is it because you have to watch something with a romance or they don't like show up? Versus them actually because as I am a hopeless romantic. Love romances. But I have to agree with the soulless Ginger and Michelle. Thank like, you for that. <laughs> Hold on. What happened to her? My name? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a romance is not needed in a story. <laughs> Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they could have got rid of it. I still they haven't seen the Aquaman movie, but what I'm saying is people tune in for romance. They tune in for that will they, won't they, will she, won't she, will he, will blah, 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 blah. And that's just how it is. It just draws in views, so it's, you you're know, never really going to get rid of no, it. No, they don't. You, wait, wait, wait. You know what I find very interesting about this conversation is that the women of the podcast are like, get rid of romance. We don't need it. And the one man who's in the podcast is saying, no, we need that as a part of the story. Oh, I'm hopeless romantic at heart. I believe one day I will find true love. Y'all can't take that away from me. None okay, you can believe it without seeing it on television. No, no, you need We don't need have it. to see it in every freaking TV show and movie yeah, out there. Because there's people out there that want to see that. They live vicariously. They don't want to see somebody like, hey, I'm just here. Then I'm they your can friend. watch the shows that involve that and don't need to insert themselves into every single piece of media out there. But what I'm saying is you're, it's going to be hard to really find a show like that because... Again, you know, the people who make these shows, they know what the majority of people like and want to see. So that's why. Apparently not, because you're only 25% of this podcast and you have been outvoted. Yeah, that's just for this podcast. I'm going to say okay, that let's no, they just... don't know. Because mm. we've seen media and we've seen them produce some pretty terrible things. Supernatural. And um, they don't know. Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doctor Who, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but let's move right along. Supernatural podcast. I need to catch back up. Again, all you have to do is listen to our podcast, dude. Like, because uh, I feel like you didn't listen to the two-hour one before this, even though we told you about it like a while ago. I feel like you, you just don't care about us. You just show I definitely, up. I definitely care. I'm just kind of getting adjusted everything. I'm trying to make sure I get my equipment and everything. It's all in the mail on the way over here, okay? Like, cause you could just listen to it while you're at lunch. Just be like one ear, but like, yeah. I only get a 30 minute lunch in my soulless job that takes away every bit of happiness I have in life. Okay. All right. So let's move right along to soullessness and talk about, uh, Harvey's brother who is soulless. Thanks to Sabrina. And she had to put him back. (laughs) So thanks for that helpful transition. What were your thoughts? What were your thoughts about, um, that whole storyline, that conflict with the brother? So me. Wait, whose brother? Harvey's brother. Oh, who's talking? Darnell was talking because he was uh, talking about his soulless job. Ah, I felt really bad for his soulless brother who I wasn't sure if he was going to become a zombie or not. And again, Harvey was the one who had to put him down, I believe, at the very end. And it was heartbreaking to see his reaction because he had to find out what Sabrina was, that she mind-wiped him probably a couple times, but at the very least that one time that we all saw. And it really... um. I think it was a really big turning point for Sabrina to, to, to kind of show that magic can't fix everything because she thought she had it all figured out. You know, I'm going to bury this one girl I don't like, but then bring her back and he'll be back and everything be all peachy, but it just didn't work out. And um, and his brother, he was always there looking out for him because he was more of a father to Harvey 
than Harvey's own father, who just, I guess, has an inferiority complex because he was just taking every every time Harvey wanted to get out or do something different, his father would just throw the biggest bitch fit ever and just, you know, just rag on him. I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, no, I didn't feel any sympathy for Sabrina. She was the worst character, and like in that moment, I hated her. And if I was Harvey, I would have taken my witch hunter jeans and hunted everyone around her. Ellie, your thoughts? That's a little much. I mean, maybe that's season two. Um, I I definitely didn't feel bad for Sabrina. I up until that point, I remember, and I think I messaged both of you, or at least Jasmine, during this point. Uh, where are her consequences? This is so frustrating. And everybody that had seen it until that point had assured me that, don't worry, consequences are coming. So, for me, that was an about-damn-time moment. Um, however, it's unfortunate that it took Harvey down. Like, the consequences were not just isolated to her, which was something she needed to see. Hmm. Because as I recall, <clears throat> as I recall from the two-hour podcast, you said that you were fine with the significant other taking on the responsibility of the protagonist. Oh, no, I am hmm. still, like, fine with that. It's unfortunate that it had to spread to him. But at the same time, like, so glad they are go- so glad they had consequences done with. Mm-mm-mm. First of all, Adelaide can't be consistent with what she wants. And Jasmine can't sit up here and not come after Adelaide. Mm-hmm. All right, well, mm-hmm. fine then. Maybe it's been how many freaking months since I saw it? Well, listen to the um, Supernatural podcast if you have varying opinions of what me and Adelaide talk about. So, Michelle, what are your thoughts? I mean, I I went over my thoughts in the, the original podcast, and that's she was selfish, and she got what she deserved, and that's the only thing I feel like saying about it. Okay, cool. Um, we talked about Susie. Uh, do you guys want to say anything else about Susie before we move on? Like, she's non-binary. The actors that. The actor who plays the actress is non-binary. The act it says actor. I don't see that here. Is um, Oh yeah, yeah. Can we are we okay? As far as the actress, that's fine. But as far as the character, like, uh, don't you think it's kind of weird that she's just listening to her secret friend? If you know, um, well, actress. Huh. What, I'm sorry. What is the proper pronoun for someone who's non-binary that's in the acting? Apparently, it's a non binary actor. Default would naturally be the male, I guess. Acting? Yeah, it's an actor. You're just, you just say actor. But isn't that sexist? Well, no, because everything that's in the the profile is that's preferred pronouns. So, how is that non binary if you want to be, have male pronouns used for you? Well, it's some people who use actor unisex, so. Yeah, and that's also offensive language. See, we could definitely get into that because there is no non-binary noun for someone who acts as a job, and that's how you would. And that's say also that. not the point of this podcast. Like, but we're talking about saying, the non-binary character. Exactly. It's something that I feel like needs to be discussed. And the and non-binary cool. character wants to be called an actor. Well, she's not a character. You said the actor. Which I'm like, is it actor, actress, acty? I don't know. What is it? That non-binary can change. I, still, the I, I they feel use like actor is the right term if it's non-binary because I mean, actor can mean anybody. Ever. But that's offensive in its nature. The default should not be the male pronoun. Fine, then shouldn't you let the person decide what they want to be called then? Right. However, that's not what happened. How about this thespian? 
okay, him? so yep. apparently yep. the actor is trans. Oh. Yeah. Okay, it so wasn't in pronouns then. Mm-hmm. So somebody wrote the wrong information. We're using he, him at the request of his representatives. Sweet. Cool. Okay. But he is also non-binary. How is that possible? I, you know what? I really need. I really. This is outside of this. I feel like I really need to be educated on this a little bit more because I'm starting to get confused with how is that possible. But okay, I will accept actor he him. I got it. Don't forget thespian. Mm-hmm. Ellie, Although your thoughts? Saying it incorrectly on this whole topic. Did you thought you didn't want to continue on this? Uh, on your on the character. Oh, being portrayed by a non-binary actual actor who's struggling with this too. Good, good representation. All right. Good use. Good, good casting. Good. Uh, Darnell, go quickly. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I mean whatever they want to be called, that's fine. All right, and Michelle, you already said your thoughts, so we can move. Oh, yeah. We can move right along. Uh, anybody else want to finish up about Harvey's brother, or are we done with that? Cool. So, let's have a conversation about, let's skip down a bit to the themes of this series. Um, and the themes seem to be family, which we've discussed, our friends. But there was also an underlying theme of female inferiority, uh, which I actually pulled from one of the direct quotes. <laughs> Because on, I did hold not. On, hold on, Jasmine. Sorry, sorry. Before we move on, this is about Susie, the actor. Okay. So my question is, because he decided to do that, do you think that's what they're going to do with the character Susie? And if so, would that maybe enhance the character a little more where he or she, because as far as the character goes, isn't so black? I don't know. Susie was blah all around, so I don't think there's any thing really you could do to make me care about her. Okay. Ellie, your thoughts? I mean, I don't have much to add to that. I suppose they could... I don't know if it will add to the character, but I think it will add authenticity to the portrayal of the character. And I don't know if that makes sense necessarily, but there you go. Darnell, go. Uh, I think they could use that to make her or him come into his own as far as you know well no Susie's definitely a girl okay make her come into her own wait wait no okay. she's not well, we don't know that well yeah she, look, she's struggling with gender identity well right? whatever gender she what, whatever come into their own cause right now she's following the secret ghost pal around I feel like she needs to get away from that that's like her grandmother or whatever though Oh, I'm Susie talking. Okay. <laughs> so the theme of female inferiority, did you guys see that or until I told you, did you feel it? I I still don't even understand what you're talking about. Okay, so let me read this to you because these are direct quotes from members of the cast and crew. The Church of Night is run by men and in a daring in daring to challenge the patriarchal structure. Sabrina stirs a feminist awakening. She challenges them with logic, and they can't really fight back on that, the production designer said. So, they... 
revisionist history and my so then they start introducing females a little more into this disruptive world that sabrina created and it's very empowering even villainous characters like madam satan end up fighting and finding inspiration in sabrina michelle gomez who plays mrs wardell states there there's going to be a revelatory moment where madam satan bursts out of her corner and decides she's not going to take it from the man because why should she? Sabrina, in a weird way, is a beacon of light and hope to find your own path, find your own voice. So, I ask you again, did you... Hell no. Like I said, this is revisionist history at this point. What does it... like? I Okay, here's my problem with this. Why is it that what they're basically saying, being a revolutionary type of woman in a patriarchal system means disregarding everyone around you including other women and i feel like that's not the message that should be delivered you know i understand you have to tear down a system but her goal isn't to tear down a system for all women it's just for her so what are they trying to say i'm confused about the messaging now is this for season one because it doesn't sound like yeah. season one yes this is for season then, one no this is... I, I mean to an extent i picked up on some of that it's just specifically the only part that I really got it with was the um, the high priest's kids and how he has a son and, and Zelda keeps the daughter and blah 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 because of the, the way the system works that was the only time I really got that and I feel like they're building towards that in season 2 with the way the first one ended but what they're saying sounds more applicable to what might happen in season 2 than, what's, than what has already happened in season 1 Darnell, as a male who is a part of the patriarchal structure, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> Patriarchy? I think silence probably is the best option here. No, no, no. So, <laughs> as far as watching the show, I can kind of see that opinion. Um, the times I kind of picked up on it to me was, of course, you when you have your dark baptism, one, you're giving your total self over to Lord Satan, where, again, he can choose to make you his bride, impregnate you or whatever. And then what was that one thing where um they came by and like dropped these little notes off and like one woman from each family had to go and then whoever got chose to be like the queen or the high priestess the which queen of the feast. had to end up killing yeah. themselves the what was it, the honor of one witch who did it before so they could um eat her or whatever. And only women had to do it and then they were so fixated on being that one woman, like uh, the black, that, what's her name? The black weird sister. She was so happy Prudence. to be that one special witch. And she made Sabrina literally serve her until it was her time. It was putting her down, doing all that other stuff. That was her and job. That, that, that one, was that one other lady who never got chosen was so upset that she never got chosen. At the very end of it, she ended up killing herself. So she could be that one special witch that gets eaten by everybody, which is really weird. Spoke and more I towards... felt like, you know, why does that have to be? That spoke more towards... That didn't necessarily speak about patriarchy. That was yeah, more that was about indoctrination women tearing each other down and stuff. And like, I don't know. I, I don't... I'm, I feel like that that could possibly fall under patriarchy that women will sell, sacrifice themselves for the betterment of a establishment that is controlled by a male force. Yeah, the high priest was the one really repping for it because he brought it right. back. Because um, the Sabrina's father had stopped it, but he brought it back. 
because he's like, this is the way it always has been and this is what it should be and things like that. So that's another right. thing. The fact that there was even a situation within that where the where the girls had to question whether or not they would be raped. That's not something that a man, I don't think, in that same position would have to think about. And even still, if you look at our history, whenever we say a virgin sacrifice, we or like, I mean, basically, that's what they were emulating. Even when we do that, it's never a male version that we're talking about. It's always the woman who is untouched, pure, whatever. But, I mean, of course, in this situation, they're going to want someone who's not like that. But why is it that only the women were up there? Like, if it was really about everyone being equal and stuff, they would have a mixture of male witches? Are they considered witches or wizards or warlocks? I don't know. They would have whatever, you know, male counterparts up there as well, instead of just focusing on women's sacrificing. So it wasn't necessarily a woman choosing these girls to do that. I know, like, she... I know that the uh, stepmother, whatever was trying to kill her off, but overall the system was set up for women to even be in that position. So in that regard, I agree with Darnell. Thank you. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I don't like your thoughts. See, I feel like to an extent that's not necessarily... I mean, maybe they were trying to go for that, but the lens they used was a heavily was heavily critiquing religion more than anything else. And, that, and they, are inter- they are linked um, because many religious practices do utilize women more than they use men and um so in that to that extent it does apply but at the same time i feel like the critique was more on the religious aspect of that than it was on the sexual aspect of that and in that in that vein of thought there we have um going back to the quote where it's sabrina kind of liberating becoming a beacon of hope that does not apply to that scene or to that aspect there. Anything else you guys want to say about this female inferiority thing that was supposed to be an overarching theme in this series? Great. Um, so let's talk about the point of view. Uh, do you think that this was the best point of view to see this story told? Or would you have rather seen it from another character's perspective? Um, Michelle. Um, what other character's perspective? What do you mean? Instead of seeing it from Sabrina's viewpoint, since we were talking about, I don't think I did see it from her viewpoint. That's what I'm like. I think we, I think we saw a third person, um, Omni. What? I think we saw a third person, Omni. A third person, Omni. Omni. Okay. It was third person omnipresent. Yeah. Where you just followed her and you know stuff that she doesn't necessarily know. Right. But I think that we followed her. Are you saying should we have followed another character? Right. Should we have? Because I know in the two hour special you said you'd rather see it from the uh, sister's perspective. I mean, at that point, I'd rather see it from anybody but Sabrina. Like, honestly, she was a trash character. And I thought we were all in on it her being trash but apparently based off of what you said that the creators of the show and people who worked on the set and all the other stuff had to say we weren't all in on it so (laughs) um darnell go i think sorry i think she's a very flawed individual and i think it's a good thing that the perspective is told mainly from her because to me it's like a coming of age story this is her choosing her path in the world 
And no human being is going to make perfect decisions, especially thrown in all the madness in Sabrina's world or whatever. Which, by the way, may also share a world with Riverdale. But I, I don't really think who else, who else could you really follow? The Weird Sisters, Zelda and Hilda, Harvey. Like, nobody else really makes sense besides Sabrina. I would have loved to see it from the Weird Sisters' viewpoint. Um, Adelaide, go. Um, I would have loved to see it from the Weird, Weird Sisters' perspective, too. Frankly, I really liked them. They were interesting, and they had grown up in that world, so I think it, in a way it would have been more interesting to see from their perspective and see them change their views, because Sabrina's already kind of dead set against it, except now she wants to go in and use it to her to her advantage, but not pay the price of it. Uh, so I would I would have liked to see it from their perspective as they've grown up in this and they firmly believed it. It's almost like watching it from Hilda's if they're going to kind of go that route. That would have been something to see. Um, But this series was basically about forcing Sabrina to choose between her mortal and witch half and her trying to clear the field. Uh, Ultimately, she is forced to sign the book and the end concludes with her being implied to be evil and suddenly the leader of the Weird Sisters. So, how did you guys feel about this turn of events? Um, Adelaide, go. Um, predicted, I guess? I mean, we kind of... Yeah, we talked about this in a two-hour yeah, special, but I gotta... That, but, I don't know, I don't Listen think to she's... the two-hour special if you dare. <laughs> really, are you up for the challenge? Um, it wasn't... I don't know, I didn't... I don't, I don't know, I'm... I... I don't know. I don't think she's evil. I just I think what they going back to the to the whole sexism perspective here. I think what they're talking about might come more in the second season than Yeah, I was actually going to ask knowing what you know about the trailers because the second season has a premiere yet. Yeah. Do you still hold that she is not evil? Yeah. I don't think she's evil yet. I don't know if she will be evil. I think she was never... I don't think she's ever good, necessarily. I don't think she's evil. I think she's trying her best to be, like, a chaotic neutral. And I don't think she's really getting there. I was just about to say chaotic neutral. You beat me to it. Well, you might as well keep talking now. Oh. Go. Yeah, Yeah, so... I think Sabrina, in general, as long as she keeps her human friends... She's going to stay, I wouldn't say good, but stay in that neutral territory. I think her humanity, or at least her human friends, keeps her uh, from going too close over the edge. Even in these trailers, you know, she's still making out with Harvey. She's still talking with um, her friends and everything. And that's what keeps her from going full-on dark brat. Without them, or like somebody managed to fully cut her ties all the way. Because that, that was the main thing of the first season. Cut her ties with her friends. Cut her ties with the human world, and she'll easily fall into the Dark Lord's hands. So that obviously didn't work the way they intended to. I mean, they did get her to um, do the dark baptism, but I feel like in the background she's going to be trying to figure out how to get out of it, or at least take control of the situation. I think her friends are the worst part of this series. If we're being honest, her human friends are awful, and those like, and I get that they're supposed to be tethers to like the human world that she can't cut but they are the worst part of this series for me um i wish that they weren't there i wish she would have cut ties with them i don't know why she's going to a mortal school again because i thought the whole premise of her signing the drug baptism was that she wouldn't go to a mortal school anymore um and that's what i think go michelle 
as far as her being evil, I don't think that she will understand that she is. I think she was evil to me since season one. So, yeah, I agree. She was a sociopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect definition, sociopath. So I don't really see, I don't know what they could do in season two. I mean, she could really, I guess, embrace it. Um, But I'm wondering whether or not she will recognize that she's not perfect. And that's, I think, would be the key. Like, for me, I can accept you more if you realize that you're not a perfect human being or as, you know, self-righteous or hypocritical or, like, uh, I'm hoping that they work on those things. But most importantly, because I don't care about Sabrina, all right? I don't know if we're wrapping up or not. But most importantly, I just need to know who's Ambrose's parents. So that's all I care about. Once I find that out, bravo, you did your job, show. All right, anybody have any final thoughts they want to say before we are done? Mm-hmm. I thought I you were coming out to say something. <laughs> well, now I was going to say, if everybody felt like her as far as Ambrose's parents, they're probably going to say that for like the 10th season just to keep you coming back. Mm-hmm. Adelaide, yeah, any final thoughts? Don't let them do I that. really hope there's not 10 seasons. I agree. Yes, hopefully. How not. many seasons do you think will be acceptable for the show? Five tops. Five. Okay, I was thinking three. Jasmine and I are on the same page. There. <laughs> <laughs> like shorten this as much as possible. Um, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Beef with the Machine. I was your host Jasmine, and we had Michelle, Elliot, and Darnell. Um, we were talking about the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Thank you for listening. You can follow us at overpowerentertainment.com. Hold on. Quick thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you're signing off. Are we sure it's the Chilling Adventures or and not Misadventures? Because no, I'm literally looking at it. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. They messed up. They should have said Misadventures because she fucked up all the time. I'm you need to saying. stop hating on her. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow this, the website at overpowerentertainment.com. You can find us on Twitter at, OP, at Real OP Tweets. You can find us on Facebook Overpowered Entertainment you can Instagram find us on Instagram Real OP Graham you can find me personally at Real o- at OP Jasmine you can find Michelle at The Queen Quania you can find Adelaide at OP Eddie do you have anything you want to plug on now? Not yet still a work in progress alright you can also check with us on the Discord server we have one we just really don't use it like Loki. Um. Anything oh, else? That was such a, a, a great advertisement. Well, like if there. people join it, I'd be happy to talk with them in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing. Uh, one thing I did want to mention. Um, by the time this podcast goes up, our Shazam review will be up. So definitely check out that podcast in which Jasmine tells everything that happens in the movie. So. Oh, I definitely oh, also, will. So she got Adelaide. to see it all early. As yeah. Also, Adelaide and I are doing a Fruit Baskets weekly podcast. So, yay. Boo! Yeah. You can catch that. Along with Supernatural. Thanks, guys. Yeah, this only has one more season. Alright, I'm done. Yeah, it does only have one more season. But um, let us know, actually, in the comments section if you guys want us to watch and, like, critique and talk about. Um... Quite anything else before we sign out? You know if I'm good. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Peace.